Chapter 11 of Regiment of Women. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Courtney S. Regiment of Women by Clemence Dane. Chapter 11 Louise was at the nursery window staring out into the brown bear garden. The sky was smooth and a dark yellow. The naked trees barred it like a tiger's hide. The gathering dusk had swallowed up the wind. Not a twig stirred, not a sparrow's chirp broke the thick stillness. Spellbound, the world awaited the imminent snow. Louise, sitting motionless in the window seat, with her little pink nose flattening itself against the panes, in dreary expectation of a stray unlikely postman, looked, with her peaked ivory face and dark unwinking eyes, her colorless clothes, and the sprig of holly with never a scarlet berry pinned to her flat little chest, like the mood of the December day made flesh. Claire at least thought so. Dispensing with the indifferent maid, she had found her own way to the nursery, and pushing open the unlatched door, stood an instant appraising the child and her surroundings. She noted with distaste the remains of the barely-tasted lunch, still encumbering the table, and impinging on the little pile of austere Christmas presents so carefully arranged. The gloves and stockings in the prim prayer book, a mere background for a dainty calendar that she recognized. She smiled with a touch of irritation. Did Elwyn ever forget anyone, she wondered? But it was not suitable for a mistress to send her pupils presents. She wished she had thought of sending Louise something herself, something more original than that obviously overprized calendar. It was not much of a Christmas table, she thought. Not much of a Christmas day for a child. She marveled that a well-furnished room could look so dreary. Louise's huddled pose, the neglected fire, the book crushed face downwards on the floor, combined to touch her. With her incurable feeling for the effective attitude, she remained straight and stiff in the shadows of the doorway but her gesture was beautiful in its awkward tenderness as she stretched out her hand to the window. Merry Christmas, Louise! For an instant, the child was silent, rigid, incredulous. Then came a whirl of petticoats and a flash of black legs. Louise, wild with excitement, dropped to the floor and dashed across the room. Oh, Miss Hartill! Oh, Miss Hartill, you? Well, are you pleased to see me? Please, won't you sit down? Louise, between delight and embarrassment, did curious things with the big armchair. I can't believe it's you, and on Christmas Day. Won't you please sit down? Is the room too warm for you? Will you take off your furs? Would you like some tea? I'll make up the fire. It's cold in here. Will you take this chair? Oh, Miss Harthill, it's like the queen calling on one. I don't know what to do. 
She looked up at Claire, blushing. Her pleasure and excitement were pretty enough. Claire laughed. I'll tell you what to do. Run and put on your coat and hat. Would you like to come and spend the rest of the day with me? With you? Louise's eyes opened. But it's Christmas Day. Well? I shan't be in the way? I don't think so, said Claire coolly. I'll send you home if you are. She twinkled, but Louise was serious. You could do that, couldn't you? She remarked with relief. Oh, Miss Harthill, you are good. And I was hating my Christmas day so. Won't you sit down while I get my things on? Hurry up, said Claire. And Louise fled to her bedroom. Their walk back to Friars Lane was a silent one. The snow was at last beginning to fall. Claire, half hypnotized by the steady silent motion, tramped forward, keeping time to some fragment of tune within her head. She was warmed by the pleasant consciousness of a kindly action performed, but its object, trotting beside her, was half forgotten. Louise, very shy at encountering Miss Hartill unofficially, was far too timid to speak unless she were addressed. But she was perfectly happy, marveling and rejoicing at her situation. Miss Hartill's guest, bound for her home. Overflowing with dog-like devotion to the Olympian who had actually remembered her existence. She was glad of the silent walk. It gave her time to realize her own happiness. To learn by heart that picture of Claire against the background of the empty nursery, to get her every sentence by rote, and store all safely in her memory before turning to the contemplation of the incredible adventure upon which she was now embarking. Claire, preceding Louise up the staircase, found Elwyn's note awaiting her. She frowned as she read it and felt for her latchkey. It was just like Elwyn to leave a note like that for anyone to read, and the hat pin for anyone to steal. She wished it had been stolen before it had scratched her paint. And the bell! It was really annoying of Elwyn. It would cost her five shillings to put right. She, Claire, was not mean, but she did begrudge money for that sort of thing. Really, Elwyn might offer to pay for it. But that, of course, would never occur to Elwyn. She was altogether too reckless about other people's belongings. Her own were her own affair. But to break Claire's bell, she must have been quite comprehensively annoyed to have actually broken it. Claire laughed. She had a sudden vision of Elwyn's blank face and indignant peelings. Poor old Elwyn. Well, it wouldn't hurt her. If she were careful to let Elwyn know to whom she had been sacrificed, Elwyn might not be quite so partisan over Louise next term. That wouldn't be a bad thing. She did not approve of intimacies between the girls and the mistresses. But she, Claire, would make it up to both of them. She would begin now with Louise. She would devote herself to amusing Louise. She would give Louise the time of her life. Louise would be sure to tell Elwyn about it afterwards. End of chapter 11